you were born and I was born, when we were born, I don't think there were quite as many avenues of possibilities. It was university, wasn't it? Yeah, but I don't think anyone really told me at high school how to prepare for university. A lot of people were just going out and doing trades. But I don't think there are as many people doing trades now. No, I think there is. I think the money that um, our society quickly went to it. Plumbers and... Yeah. Was, I suppose it's just because I don't know any plumbers. Yeah, I don't have plumbers. Yeah, but it's not that hard when you take a license. Like deeper, medium level? Well, I don't know. That's being a bit... If my kid wanted to be a plumber, I'd be like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure your kid's not going to be a plumber because it's what it's around. Yeah, but um, do not kids often be the opposite of what their parents were? Or do they just try and... They try to do opposite. Like, they try. Yeah, so my kid would be a plumber. Same with your kid. Yeah, a friend of mine from school, he's a plumber, and he's living up on, on the beach in Noosa. <laughs> he's, he's got a great life. He just drives around inspecting government plumbing areas. Oh, right, okay. And he often has to drive along the beach in Noosa. You know, he probably had a shit time getting to where he is now. <laughs> but yeah, it makes you wonder. What's with... with um how would you see your life without art? Well, I think that art's become a business now and I'm often a businessman. So, uh, I often question what art is, whether it is this innate ability to do something different from any other category. I mean, if you look at what's happening now with um, ChatGPT, with artificial intelligence, you know, like if you were a writer, uh, it feels like that industry is really under under the pump. Um, you know, you spend a writer would spend a lot of time doing copywriting um, for ads or just for anything. That part of the world now is being taken over by. AI. So, you know, it's interesting to think about where the actual part of art is within the whole business of art if you're trying to make money. And um, so, yeah, I'm not sure what I would be, but um, I think most of us, if we applied ourselves to any different industry, would hopefully excel in that. So had I been a real estate agent, I would be living maybe on the North Shore in Sydney right now. Yeah. Paying artists, paying artists to make art. <laughs> paying for ChatGPT and Midjourney and <laughs> yeah, Discord. Yeah, making paintings. Would you, um, do you think so on that topic of, of AI, do you think that it's clear to see that there is soul missing so when someone does something, it's, it's, there's no comparison to the computer does something. 
Um, well, that's, again, where is the art within the art? Because with things like um, artificial intelligence, with uh, visual uh, communication, you know, we spend so much time, if it's painting, learning how to make the painting. So is the, is the art within the procedure of painting, the painterly skill of it, or is it the idea? Because you know? a lot of artists, they are admired from their skill. So if the AI is taking away that skill, I think it's really blurred there whether or not, um, whether or not it, it does have relevance. Because I think about it, in a lot of my work, it's a lot of juxtapositioning. And um, especially in a lot of my earlier work, I'd start a painting and then project sort of a random image almost. And from that, you could make uh, a relevant and interesting final concept from this randomness. Um, so I often wonder what part is actually the art. Kids, kids. <laughs> do you think? Um, do you think? Uh, if if AI is only recreating what we know, does that mean the human has to push harder to create something that is unique? Is it is it going to say? Well, it's a very interesting question to ask me because my work is very much about appropriation and taking what's already there and reassembling that. So it's like a curatorial process in essence. Um, so for example, if I'm taking uh, Mickey Mouse, I'm gonna find a, an image of Mickey Mouse from an old 50s comic book. And because it's all really grainy, I have to then process it into a form that can be painted. Um, whether it's through a vinyl cutting machine, and if I do it that way, I've got to vector it yep. and each node of that vector has to be perfectly smooth to create the look that I'm going for. Um, so for me, a lot of the, a big part of the art is that process. And the way I vector things and the way I'll change things is down to me and my style. Um, but as you mentioned, I'm not necessarily making anything new as far as conjuring anything new. It's really about amalgamating um, things that shouldn't, shouldn't be together and they're put together to make a new reading. Um, so in, in, in a way, it is like an AI algorithm because it's sourcing from um, things that are essentially within media. Um, but I suppose most art is that really. It's it's about amalgamating your what you see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's very direct because it is, you know, it, it is noticeable. You can say, well, that's Mickey Mouse, and this is um, Tom of Finland, mm -hmm. or you know, 
Frank Frazetta or you know, amalgamating all these things, which is probably how an AI might do it. So, yeah, I think it's a curatorial process. And, you know, I reckon that if you really do look at these artworks, and I think it's already happening, is that I saw an AI art piece won an art award. If you didn't know that it was made by an AI, uh, who cares? But the big step is that how are you going to get that AI piece from a digital image to a physical mm. a painting? So unless they create a machine that can paint for us, then I don't see how it's really relevant because it's still going to live in the digital world. Mm. Which is interesting, this is all happening around the time of NFTs and um, you know, more focus on that kind of thing. I'm not really into that personally, but yeah, yeah. Um, what yeah. is your take on that? Uh, I, I I don't really like it. I don't I don't I don't I'm, I don't like the way it's monetized. But then, of course, uh, paintings are monetized, I suppose. Um, <laughs> Where did this appear from? Hi, how are you going? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you appear from? Yeah, there's another um, another gym there, and there's also a cheerleading school. Yeah, right. And then next door is a gym, which actually we've taken Zen to for one, for the last six months. He's only two, but you know, they do rolls and stuff and yeah, pretend yeah, to be yeah. doing stuff. I suppose it's about just finding the time to do things. It's more difficult now even having a second kid. Uh, so that's very fresh. So I'm yet to really understand the implications of it moving forward. Um, yeah, it, it's amazing realizing how precious your time is, especially your headspace. Um, and I know I was very reliant on the evenings to to sort of get ideas bubbling. And now I've got to really focus on a time period between nine to five, essentially. It's just like a day job. So previously ideas would come to you and you would work on them or execute them. Now it's like, go to work with your lunchbox. At five o'clock you've got to pick up the kids. So you can't do any drinking or any other shenanigans mm. while you're making it. So, again, for me, uh, I make a lot of work and I often question, you know, again, where the art is on all four of this because it is very much um, about fulfilling stock for an exhibition. Having an exhibition on this date you know, I'm now planning an exhibition in two years' time. 
um, the logistics of getting the artwork from here to at Los Angeles or New York, um, having staff to help me make the work. Um, and because I'm making artwork very regularly and they're big bodies of work, you know, there has to be real, um, a real concise concept of what the next show is going to be and how that can be different from the last one. Um, so, you know, I've been doing this now 20, 23 years, maybe more, you know, pushing 20, over 20 years. Um, so, yeah, it, it becomes quite, um, quite processed and, um, there has to be this bigger picture schedule. Um, and then of course there's some accountability that you have to your customers or collectors. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they want you to change. They're like, why keep doing the style? And then you change the style and they're like, we don't like this style. We'll go back to the old style. So there's no kind of, it's, it's an interesting, uh, Andre, like balance, yeah. Must be a balance. Do you say it's actually great that you said that because, and especially most having a channel has that changed your outlook and what you're creating. Um, has that given you, you know? It has actually. I must admit, just recently, because I'm getting more into reading my son, who's nearly three, kids' books. Mm -hmm. It's interesting looking at kids' books. Uh, I have been drawing a lot of imagery out of kids' books for many years, but I never really looked at the object of what this thing is and the story, the narrative. Um, so, you know, with experience and seeing new things, obviously you get new ideas. So, I, I quite enjoy the the whole concept of kids' books, um, you know, and. I look at my work, it's it's very based in childlike uh, iconography. And to me, I've always felt like I've been existing in this child's world. Mm -hmm. And for someone who is an artist, I think you always feel like you've never grown up. Mm -hmm. So now looking at the world through my son's eyes, who is a child, um, it's really cool to reconnect that initial concept of this childlike world. Um, so in a lot of ways, I suppose it has made me feel like going back to an older style. Um, that's talking about childlike things. Um, it, but in reference to things that are happening in the world that are more pertinent. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting because I'm just now on paternity leave, probably go back to work in the next couple of weeks. So I've been over the last couple of months spending a lot of time journaling and jotting and because <laughs> I've, I've had no, no time to do anything else. Um, so yeah, the next body of work will be interesting to see how that is really because I think with a young kid, they're not, not, it's not until they get to be like two or three that you can even 
see them as a little human. So prior to that, they're just this thing that you're yeah, wiping your ass. Yeah. So now my, my son's and he's, you know, he's talking, he's understanding concepts and you know, it's just getting more and more interesting from there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's that connection to, to, to childhood things, I think it's really interesting. And to what I was like as a child. Because yeah, I think we're all, every, all of our artwork is based on these, the things that affected us when we were kids or when we were younger. I don't know, do you think, do you have that? Yeah, I think so. I think I thought about this morning about how, um, that's strange, I haven't been with this morning, but I came to the show, I bet I, my drug habit, uh, and why I love it, and love it, and why I was escaping constantly, and that my upbringing too, and being around my parents too, originally just came up with this fact that that's what was the little person who had cancer benign, about three and a half years ago, so he had a big chunk of his lung cut out, because he was 100 cigarettes smoking a day. Up until when? 14 years ago. He'd gone to the bullet, didn't get cancer, lung cancer, but he had benign, so they cut it out completely. Every so often, get a checkup from this uh, new surgeon, and then you think about, you know, his past and his his and that self-destructive loss. He was being, a, you know, an artist. Still is an artist, but he's he's changed. He's got the drink culture, like yeah. makes spirits from cheap wine. You know, he doesn't smoke hundred cigs a day. You know, it's sober. I was thinking about was that was that introduction into my youth. Why I was well, watching him, yeah, yeah, saying yes to fucking everything. Mm. Oh, he's smoking, he's smoking. Mm. Oh, he's drinking. Oh, thank you. Like, he, he's a role model in those days. Uh, I'm still, I was still intrigued by his art. Much of that just stuff, right? But you know, so yeah, I think, I think, yeah, you're very influenced by the world that you grow up in, very much so. You know, we're a sponge. You know, even they like we're we're sponging up until we're two, three, four years old, I think. Yeah, I often wonder whether he understands what my daddy juice is. Okay. Because I'll be drinking wine or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I don't think he does, but not now anyway, not yet. No. But I haven't really thought about that. Now you've told me that and now I've cried. Well I think what well, well, he tells me he wants to have a Spider Man vape. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but clearly that's not going to happen. But <laughs> I um I feel that with yeah yeah I saw it was obviously never seen and I think that's that kind of that affected me and this morning it kind of I was like fuck you know I I, I never want to think about those things before you know like no 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 like I saw Dad yesterday getting sick from all the, like you know, he's being checked up from from his previous sort of misdemeanors and having fun. And you know, that's what Dad says to his buddy, as he is. He goes, at least at the store, it's going Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe I'll start taking drugs again when my son does. and do it with him. Yeah, okay. Do you find that, 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 does that, does that influence you on your work? Oh, uh, look, I definitely think that, um, Everything I do now is very calculated. So the older style of work 
I kind of had to be drunk to make it. Yeah. Because there's lots of brush strokes and lots of impulsive mark making, like these sort of things here, which I'm sort of bringing back now to hopefully dip my toe back into, like that painting. Mm -hmm. You know, decision making that is impulsive. Um, Irrational. Yeah. Yeah. Because parts of the painting, they take a long time to paint. Um, but when you're doing it sober, it's like, oh, should I do that? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. But when you're just really at it. Um, but that's not really part of my life anymore. I can't, I don't have that space to... To go into. No, but I, th you know, I think I will find that again. It's just that at the moment, with a new kid, um, there's, a, as you said, a balance to get back to some kind of a um, schedule that is appropriate. I mean, the other thing is to, because I've got people who are working with me, for me, um, you can't sort of be as self-indulgent if you can't just take a day off or, you know, I have to make sure there's work for them to do. Well, you pay their bills too. That's exactly it. So suddenly, yeah, this becomes a, a business. Mm -hmm. um, or a bigger business, a company, essentially. Mm. And um, do, you, do you feel that that's, how do you, how have you become comfortable with that from, you know, being an artist to being a company? I'm not, I'm not sure, like, you really have, or what's your ethos in all of this, your ideology in all of this? Have you, you know, have you, well, I, I'm lucky that I have the ability to make large paintings and also the smaller things that only I can make. Mm -hmm. So, part of my studio up there, um, I can essentially make all the stuff up there for the larger stuff to be made here on the floor. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting how to make things on scale because you know we're talking about prints and things like this like that's also a big part of my my art and business so i can make an artwork and then print x amount um but this idea of going overseas or going and doing ex exhibitions with a large body of work you know, it's it's amazing. Sometimes I see shows, that, you know, they're filling you know, 400 square meters of space, and they're all hand painted. You know, and it's like, surely that would have taken like several years to get that many paintings together. So they're either doing that, or um, well, they can make it very quickly. But for me, like hand painting things takes quite a long time. So I moved into an automated process um, such that whether I made it or someone else made it, it would look identical. Um, but essentially, but I'm making all of the vectors. So in a way, I've already made the artwork before it's aboard, like these things. Before it hits the line. Yeah. yeah. Like whether I made those or someone else made them, it would still look the same. So in a, in a way, it is a, a printmaking process. Um, 
but it's using technology and it's innovating like this sort of there's no human mark making and i think that was a big thing for me at university was to get away from the traditional idea of human mark making so that it was like an Andy Warhol kind of angle um, and you know using projectors to get to the be able to perfectly do an outline or the old school um, stencils with spray paint so yeah I'm interested in this idea of mass production and talking about concepts that um, talking about pop art concepts that are also involved in consumerism and mass production. So the artwork reflects the kind of uh, ideology that it's talking about. Mm, okay. Blueberries or raspberries? Uh, you know, I'm more of a strawberry kind of guy. Whiskies or curly whirly? Oh. Uh, well, I'd say whispers. Yeah, I had a big problem with whispers there for many years. <laughs> big boss or fags? The fags, I used to say. Fags. Yeah. Oh, shit. So the big bosses were, from memory, like a, more of a cigar. But a big red, like a dog's dick? No, a brown with a red tip. What were the dog dick ones? Maybe big boss, wasn't it? I know there was musk sticks. Oh, musk sticks. That was pink. About pink. Were fags, fads, they were white? Fags, fags, fags were white with a red tip and then they changed them to fags and they got, they got rid of the two boys in the packet. Yeah, there was one boy. One boy and they got rid of the red tip. So they turned them into basically, basically musk sticks, in a sense. How's that for um, subliminal messaging on the confection board? Would they change it from fags because of the homosexual angle? But then they couldn't sell it as a cigarette. That was no, exactly. promoting cigarettes. I don't. I can't th say I've ever had a big boss, big boss, or a dog stick in my mouth. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing now having a kid and trying to introduce him to lollies, but the candy. But I. Uh, it's not a thing, like you're not supposed to give kids sugar anymore. No, no, you don't get to give anything to kids anymore. Not, not even a good time. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's so many awesome, well, a lot of my paintings are about oh, painting on candy packages. Mm. Um, and mostly American ones. So so many American candies and well, oh, yeah. European candies as well that it's almost a nostalgia for something you've never experienced. Mm, mm, mm. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, because I've been taking Zen in coals or whatever, they've got those big tubs of all the stuff. Um, so, yeah, there's no way I would have would now go and do that if I didn't have a kid. Yeah, but now we're like, oh, let's try the sour stuff. stuff. Yeah, fucking warheads. Let's put that. Yeah. So where to? Um, where to with with the next, the next pop, like the next part of um, your career, I guess. Um, Where's the process going to take you? 
Yeah, well, everything's now looking through the lens of uh, post-COVID. Um, and, you know, are we now pre-World War Three or something? Mm-hmm. Um, do we go through a recession and do we go through a boom again? And... Yeah, that's quite a fearful thing. Um, but as with everything, it seems like the media hypes us up hypes us up to be really fearful of something or other and then it doesn't quite end up being what they said it would be. Mm. Um, so yeah, looking through the lens of post-COVID, uh, I mean, we were talking before about, you know, doing things last year as like this ejaculatory expelling of all of the work that you've been building up through COVID. Um, and it was really interesting going over to Miami in December to do the Scope Art Fair. I had done Scope twice before, um, and then I stopped for three years. Two of those years because of COVID. And going back to what I thought it would be like, and it was just completely different. Okay. How so? Uh, well, a lot, a lot of artists had moved on, like they'd gotten older perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the wild party that it used to be. And, the, and of course, I didn't see as many familiar faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose the style of art keeps bobbling forward and evolving. Um, so yeah, I think with COVID, um, your life was put on pause, I suppose, and then it's like now when you're ready to go back to being the person you were, and you press unpause, everything's changed. I suppose not completely, but to some degree, um, wondering whether these things are as interesting or as beneficial as previously thought. Yeah, it's strange because this big two-year gap is going to be taken out of our lives. Mm-hmm. And we were talking earlier about local galleries and, you know, doing the gallery hops that we used to do, you know, every Friday or Thursday night. And, uh, you know, just having lost that thread, um, it's kind of... It's, it's, it's interesting or difficult to re- re-establish that community or re-establish what to do. It's almost like a scratching of the head. It's like, what the fuck do I do next? So during COVID, did you, during that two-year period, did you uh, do much work? It was interesting because I had two guys working with me previous to COVID and COVID happened, so I was kind of obliged to keep them paid so they had nothing to do i had nothing to do other than make art so we all came together and made a hell of a lot of art um it was actually really profitable that year as i think a lot of artists would say um whether that was because people were sitting at home nothing to do but (laughs) get drugs delivered (laughs) <laughs> um, for buying stuff online, you know, they could just sit and buy buying stuff online. Yeah. Um, and if you were set up already, then it's the same. Yeah. Okay, 
missing them. I think NFTs were such a too fucking blue during that period. Yeah, it's it's interesting how all of this crisscrosses and how it must have influenced each other. And you know, now we're into AI. Um, so yeah, so sort of fads, aren't they? Oh, I think, think at the moment it all seems like yeah, fads. Yeah. So I think. I see it. Yeah. Hogs. Marbles never play in Sevilla. No. What was the one? Yeah, the fads, NFT, tokens, profitability during COVID, online sales. I think um, how COVID, yeah. You and the other two that were before you are creating so much art that it's like a profitable universe. Did um Yeah, uh so I've just been on paternity leave now, uh helping out my girlfriend uh, with the new baby. Which has been interesting. It's interesting having a second child and how different that is to having first one and how moving on with two of them is another thing in itself. Um, so I suppose that's very influential clearly on what my process is going to be like moving forward. But yeah, I'd like to do something here in Australia or in Melbourne uh, sometime this year to try and just try and get back to some sense of community because um, it's all well and good going overseas and um, selling things there and trying to build up more of an audience over there but when you come back um, you kind of you kind of not yeah, not, I mean, it's not really about connecting with the audience, really, is it? It's just about connecting with other artists. Yeah. yeah. And um, when we had Versus Gallery in Richmond three or four years ago, uh, you know, that fulfilled that element, which is great. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how fractured everything really is. Because a lot of artists are only really getting back on their feet now. And, um, and yeah, as we were talking about um, Chapel Street and Northcote as well, uh, you know, it only feels like like in the last couple of months things are really starting to blossom. Yeah, yeah. Like the shoots that were started maybe six months ago are now starting to really come up. Mm -hmm. So I think it's probably the same thing with artists and um, the hangover from COVID is going to have to last couple of years mm -hmm. it's not going to just suddenly bang everyone's back onto it mm -hmm. yeah. so yeah it's just been a bit tentative uh just done these big shows last year um got a show planned in los angeles in 2024 and then trying to switch into a new york show sometime in there or maybe 2025 so that's weird planning shows like two years in advance um organized mm. organized yeah so 
Just to rewind it back, um, what, how did it all begin? Where did it all start? The, the, the art, the, what's the roots? Where, what are your roots? So I grew up in Queensland, about an hour north of Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, mm -hmm. in the idyllic mountainside of Mullaney. Um, it's kind of a rural touristy village, lots of cows, but overlooks the Glasshouse Mountains. Very beautiful. Um, tried, was really good at art at school, tried to get into university, art, art college, got knocked back. So I went and did a year of TAFE in art. Went and did uh, three years of fine art. Um, and came out of um, college at a time when uh, whatever art I was doing at the time made a bit of a splash. Faked my own death, did these like performance art things. Started getting in the newspaper a lot. Uh, it was unknown causes. <laughs> but no, we made. I did an exhibition before I moved to Melbourne. Yeah. In two thousand, and it was called Ben Frost is Dead. And as the invitation, we made um, it look as if it was a clipping from a. Newspaper funeral notices. Obituary. Yeah. Well, saying that you could come to the gallery for the for the um, for the ceremony. Yeah. Anyway, I was hooked up with um, Institute of Modern Art in Brisbane at the time, and they sent out these little snippets in with their mailers, which went around all, all the physical invitations went all around Australia. And of course, all these art people from around Australia thought, oh, this artist has died and got in the newspaper, all this sort of stuff. So that kind of gave me a leg up and pushed me forward and a series of other things like that. Um, but yeah, coming from a really regional place, I was always very focused on trying to get overseas, trying to push myself and get out of this rural... Um, Maybe not rural is not the right word, but regional. regional sort of place, which Queensland was, probably still is a little bit. Um, so yeah, I've been just been doing a lot of travelling, and for whatever reason, you know, maybe because when I was, well, I, my parents took me overseas a few times when I was younger, so that probably instilled this idea of America being this great place and America being this place to to make it which I suppose is inherent with most people. Um, yeah, but I've always approached, you know, street art, illustration, graphic design with a fine art sensibility. So I feel that having been trained initially or pushed in that direction of um, ac academia um, and applying that to things like illustration, graphic design, street art, through my career has given my stuff, which being pop art, uh, can look as if it's very one dimensional, but um, 
there's a lot more meaning and um, rhetoric going on within the works rather than just a surface level thing. Sure, of course. So I think that's sort of given me an edge. Um, and also this idea of mass production and, um, you know, I've just really been in a pop art. I love the trappings of um, popular culture and this love-hate kind of feeling towards consumerism and cereal packaging. Supermarkets, you know, I, I would have to say going to the supermarket is without a doubt the highlight of my week. I mean, which aisle? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that some people though hate that, but you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a social outing for us. I mean, how do you feel about shopping? Some people get still get things delivered. Just to have it. In and out. Yeah, it's the other. I know what I want. I go in, get what I want, get the fuck out. That's good. You know, all your skeletons. <laughs> You shop in dark alleys. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I love the whole cereal packaging aisle. And well, there's an art with that brand, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. That alone is cigarettes. Hmm. Oh yeah. In there to attract the parents, to attract the kids, and the kids need to become a parent. I have fucking love that one. I did do this. I was. I did some blogging for Juxtapos magazine years ago, and I had done this blog post that sort of discussed how, if you look at most breakfast cereals, how ejaculatory it is. Like it's all this sort of like milk, milk. Yeah, and I and I did like a sort of a illustrative thing where I put like bukaki. You know, like a Bukaki photo, which the sort of jizz on the face kind of thing, but that's kind of what they're doing with this ejaculatory thing in the, on the kids' cereal packaging. So I don't know whether that's who they're marketing that to. But yeah, if you look at them, it's all these bowls of milk, and it's this jizzing and Cereal. Have you ever seen that movie, uh, 99 Franks, French one? No. About the advertising uh, world? No. And there, there's this uh, classic scene in it where it's, uh, it goes into, makes Scooby Man, turns into a cartoon, basically copies for about 15 minutes while he's on a trip. Prior to that, he's, he's showing how ridiculous the advertising is. It's a yogurt commercial. It's getting butt chick with yogurt inside, rolling around with tits and in the face, and it's like, well, What's happening here? Well, it's different now than it was oh, yeah. 50 years or 30, what, many, many years ago. I was just watching some 80s commercials. Uh, it's a different message, isn't it? True. You know, the sports bets, the new Philip Morris. Yeah, right. Oh, and also, um, the whole concept of television is not a thing. Like, I was reading a kid's book to my son, and it's like, the character was famous and he got to be on television and it was all these TVs with his face on it. But the concept of being on TV news, that's not a thing anymore. You, you want to, you, everyone wants to be internet famous. Yeah. But who watches television anymore? Or YouTube, TikTok. Yeah. 
I don't read my oh, YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube. What are you What are you into on YouTube? Uh, well, I spend way too much on time on Reddit. Um, so I think that I must have an addiction. I think they've captured my brain. What are you? What What, what addicts you? Like what takes you? What takes you in the Reddit? What's well, it must be their algorithm because I can't get off it. Okay. I mean, I can't watch. I can't look at Instagram. That makes me feel terrible because you're just scrolling through other people's. It's just this competitive puts me on edge. Mm, I agree. Yeah. And you're looking at other people's stuff, and it's like everyone's trying to get your attention and say how good they are. And then you see something, and you think, oh my god, that's so good. My work's nowhere near as good as that. And you just feel terrible. And then. <laughs> and it's just this. Oh, jeez. Who's car? Yeah. Well, I don't look at hot chicks and cars. But, um. <laughs> well, they don't, but. Well, it's not as much. Like, your stream would be very specific to, obviously, you. Yes. But if you wanted to have. Well, I find like Reddit doesn't have that. I'm not just consuming other artists' stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just Reddit is a massive slice of the internet. It's like everything that's on the internet is condensed into this thing mm -hmm. in different subreddits. Um, I mean, I don't use Twitter. I don't use Facebook anymore. I think as soon as our parents started using Facebook, it was all over. <laughs> The we, day made we made time. Oh yeah, MySpace. Actually, MySpace was amazing. That was good old days. MySpace was good. Your top friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could have MP3s playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little animations. And you had to learn coding. Yeah. So you had to actually know HTML. To yeah. Put things in. Those were days. Mario or Super Mario? Uh, well, Super Mario. The Nintendo the Sega thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting... I've just started doing a series about computer games mixed with drugs. Ooh, yeah. Well, I just did last year Pac-Man, which is an MDMA. Yeah. It was running eating pills, which is clearly what Pac-Man was doing. It sounded like a whole generation of kids that played Pac-Man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Did you play? Were you big in the video games when you were a kid? Yeah, I, I was always down at the arcade with 20 cent machines. Playing um, what? Sorry? Playing what? What games? Um, there was an amazing one I was always enamored with was the it was the Return of the Jedi, and you could get inside it. Okay. It's a Star Wars thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was maybe it was Empire Strikes Back, but you're inside a Tie Fighter. Yeah, and it had these like really yes. cool like yeah. single like vector uh, laser lines that you shoot at these things. So that was amazing. Um, my I most remember playing things on the Commodore 64. Okay. Um, But yeah, I mean, everyone was Space Invaders and Frogger. 
was called Bobble Bobble. Spiralist Spider. Spiralist Spy, yes. I had that. I remember. Oh my god. I surprised you had a lot. Did you have a spider to spy? Yes. Did you? I did one on the. Um, Baldy There was, I did a um, Spy vs. Spy on a actual 2020 ballot paper, US, oh, yeah. US ballot paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, at the moment I've got a PS4, I've got millions of games, I don't have any time to play them. But and when you do, you feel like you're wasting your time. Yes. <laughs> and if I'm seen sitting there playing it and Nixie sees me doing it, she'd be like, why are you doing this? But I'm, so I'm waiting for my son to be old enough to play them with me. And then you leave that in the excuse. Yes. <laughs> but how cool will that be generationally? Because with his Spider-Man vape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but how cool will that be generationally? Because... I know I played computer games with my dad, but he wasn't really interested in it, really. But I'd be t so there playing with my son. So let's do it the opposite way around. Tell me um, who you are, what your name is, and what you do. My name is Ben Frost. I'm an artist. I'm a curator. I'm a businessman. Um, I'm a dad now. A double dad. You've, you've ejaculated from left and right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's surprising I've got kids at all. There's something wrong with them. All the time, they'll be great artists, all plumbers. Yeah, yeah, real estate agents. Yeah. Realtors. Yeah, it's hard. Artists and bread makers. Bread makers. Well, it's really, oh, actually, if he could be a sushi, sushi chef, I that would be amazing. Endless sashimi and yeah. sushi. Yeah. I think you want your kid to do something that you have a missing in your life. Anything Japanese. Those motherfuckers know how to make stuff really, really well. True. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to define who you are, what you are. Um, yeah, I remember having Christmas dinner with someone's family friend, and it was this chick, and she said that she was very happy to tell us that she was proficient in 50 different things. <laughs> And it's like, well, if you were really to break it down, what you're proficient in, it is a million things, but you've got to decide on one, or not one, but, you know, a small grouping of them. Mm. No, I'm definitely good, you know, I can sort of definitely photography or video or whatever, but I've always wanted to be a cinematographer. I've just gone through the notions of getting from where I am now to that. Maybe 
the money that she was buying. Party in Israel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Do you think it's about that? It was in the beginning. Well, it was my 20s. I think it was about 20s and 30s. Get out and meet it. Whoever, meet whoever you can, wherever you can, and, and, and you know, be the chameleon that we are. And who you latch onto sort of then defines who you become. Uh, who, who, not really latch onto, but like who speaks the language that you use and communicate. Because you stay yeah. strong, don't you? Like, I, I feel like I've, I've never kind of wavered in who I was. You didn't fucking like me, fuck off. You know? It was never. But there's this longing to be a cinematographer, or there's this longing for me to be. Yeah. The longing is, is to be making films that have some kind of meaning, I think. Mm. You know, in the beginning, it's like, let's go make fucking gangster shit. You know, let's go do this. I see, man. And then as, as I get older, I realize that it's not about, it's not about glorifying something that's not, you know, that's, that which still isn't going to be something that's out of my reach. So that's one of the stories that I am more about. It's, I, I, I'm just not going to tell the story that I am more about. I suppose that's again what we're saying about trying to find the art in the craft mm. because you got to sort of spend a lot of time up to your knees in the craft before you can find out where the what sticks with you you know the beauty of it yeah yeah definitely but what's 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 keeping you doing it you know sometimes I think that's what it's about it's like well getting out of your own way in a sense yeah, because years will go past and you go, oh, well, I've just been, what am I doing? I'm just making money, or am I, who am I trying to prove this to? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. And you're like, well, I'm not, then those people aren't in my life anymore. But. I think this year has been a, something happened in the last year that's just in my life to be like a, tested. Hence the ideas of producing a movie. Hence doing If you're not working, you're not making money. Well, if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not taking photos, there's no passive. Yeah, you know, so I'm trying to, trying to create that passive so I can go. But can you, I'm just trying to think of what it's like doing photography, can you? I could hire someone, I could create. But you can turn a short amount of time into a lot of money? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this, which is beneficial, I suppose. But Giving more time. And at the moment, I'm not believing my songs. Start again. Yeah, start again. Exactly yeah. right. Whereas now it's more, hey, I'm filming every June. I work on the first schedule. I've become a little more nine to five. I don't do the late nights anymore. Maybe my fears dwindle a little bit. Maybe it's it's when they do come to write down. But I think it's more being a businessman now. Mm. Yes, the the production side of things is where I'm just getting my teeth into it. Yeah. Well, as we get older, you know, things like buying houses and. Shit like that suddenly starts becoming a reality. Yeah. You're dealing with banks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, having an accountant and creative accountant. <laughs> I just did my tax this morning, actually. Um, 
it's just such a pain in the ass. Oh, it's not really a pain in the ass anymore because I've got a bookkeeper. But, um. That's a good visual. Like, an artist should use that as well to understand that image. I think as young artists, we didn't do that. I think the best thing to do as a young artist is paint as little as fucking possible so we can nail the, you know, get the bass payments and anything else. Well, it's under 70, painting everything. Okay, a little bit more than 25. Yeah, so, you know. It's under a grand. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a lie. Yeah. Yeah, well, as an adult now, I know a few people have been audited, but really, it's you're just sort of self-reporting. And if they decide this doesn't look right, we're going to look into it. But <coughs> it's it's just a weird, baffling system. But they don't teach you at school. No, it's, you've got to. Work it out yourself. Work out yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think that school, uh, and I hear this, and I heard this in my late 20s and early 30s about people that I went to school with, oh, you know, school didn't teach us this, it didn't teach us that. But what did school teach us? Do you think it taught us uh, process of thinking? Yeah, well, it's universities, though, I think. Like I didn't really learn to paint there. And what could you learn there for three years or four years? What can you really learn? It's just like a, a structure of how to think or how to go about thinking. And then as soon as you come out of university, you're like bull the gates. Like, right, let's, let's make this happen. As a young person, you've got that energy. Mm -hmm. So I think university is really important. Um, but there's this big backlash now against academia. Like the right is attacking the left or the world being so woke but essentially that's a reflection of academia and um, if you don't think more deeply about things then the world I suppose is a simpler place but who wants to live in a simple world <laughs> I suppose we all do really but um, nothing's ever said black and white isn't it yeah that's right but that's where we live as you know as a filmmaker or an artist we, we live um, in between in the different shades of color mm. yeah so i suppose in school um i don't know maybe 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 this time around parents or this time in the timeline modern parents are more helpful to push them into different directions you know maybe my parents didn't tell me how to do accounting or you know our parents or who's supposed to tell you these things maybe it is supposed to be parents not teachers maybe is that why so nepotistic everything works the way i does to nepotism runs wild do you have brothers or sisters? No, me either. So, right, so maybe that's actually built a, st a stumbling block because you didn't have an older brother or sister to. No reference point. Yeah. For a while, didn't. Really? Wow. Um, my parents have got uh, a letter framed from my uh, teacher that uh, described how I threw three kicks in the direction of the teacher um, to suspend it for five days. Um, what didn't even mention on it uh, was that I did issue three kicks. 
zero if you're fucking phenomenal. At what age? Fifteen. That's naughty. Yeah, I was naughty. And especially as a teacher. Oh, yeah. Where was this? In Adelaide College. In the Clutter Cup as well, too. In where? Mulberry. Right, so you're Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was born in Dribble, but I was, I grew up here, I've become a year old. Wow. Yeah. So do you get around much to anywhere else in Australia? Yeah, I've seen quite a bit there. The only thing I haven't seen is probably Tuolong, Darwin, Temple Green, that's like, yeah. and that's it. I haven't seen much of Australia. Is there the East Coast, much of the South Coast, and a little bit of that West Coast area. Albany. Up until that, that, that beach there. That's great. It's, I mean, it's interesting, a lot of people, especially in Sydney, I suppose. Well, Melbourne's quite, a lot of these places are very, like, into it and they just won't go to another place. Like how much we're talking about this hatred for Sydney. Mm -hmm. but, uh, I know Sydney has the same feeling about Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, two different uh, mindsets over there. You know, Sydney, you'll meet someone, the first thing they'll ask you is, what are you doing? How much money do you bring? Yeah. Melbourne's like, oh, where's the closest pub and anyone have any weed or crack? <laughs> you know, like, it's two different mindsets. I think, um, yeah. yeah, it's more conservative up here, it's more social here. Yeah, I think so, you can tell, right. Um, but I did find Sydney was. It was kind of the the airport of the world in that everyone in Sydney was trying to get overseas, but everyone in Melbourne was trying to just be more Melbourne mm -hmm. because Melbourne had this really cool place you could live. Mm -hmm. It's very livable here. Mm -hmm. Why would you want to leave Melbourne? Well, we've become a bit American, you know. Let's just do whatever makes like a Statue of Liberty and. Uh, Dan Andrews, Liberty. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I felt like a lot of people were coming back and forth. Right now. Yeah, I, I just found a lot of people in Melbourne weren't necessarily very focused on going overseas or trying to make it overseas. Yeah. Um, but that's just the biased perspective because I was living in Sydney. I'm happy to wrap it if you want. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, we could talk, we could talk. Yeah. How much we cop down to? Or how much are you looking for?